it's over for this group. They're done. They're a fragile group. They're a fragile organization. They're an organization that lacks confidence right now, lacks self-esteem, quite frankly. I hate you. I hate the Maple Leafs. And I hate this whole feeling that this Maple Leafs team gives us. If I was running the Maple Leafs, I would be concerned about what the people on the border think. going to be an interesting 90 minutes damn son (laughs) must be halloween okay so those are some of the most well-known and in some cases respected members of the media hockey leafs nation i like elliot as an insider less so as an analyst yeah, especially after that comment, or and some of his insights into the situation. It's just uh, everyone's got the knives out, right? Everyone's like, I don't even know where to start. Everyone's ready, they're ready to pounce. I guess, but all right, everybody. Episode one hundred and one, Pucks and D podcast. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Is that the Undertaker's intro? Of course it is. Amazing. So when I was recording this music and the overlay and choosing the quotes from, well, who'd we hear from there? Dangle, Hayes, Hayes, Koliakovo, and Friedman, right? As I'm clipping the Undertaker music, I think to myself, hey, remember when we first started the podcast and we were using a bunch of like wrestler intro music as well? And we, we, we had fantasized about like talking about a a variety of topics not just hockey video games maybe some old school wrestling we still work it in there (laughs) we kind of do we kind of do work it in there we've got that griffy overlay for our intro music which i will never cease to use except for certain situations monumental situations such as the firing of mike babcock which was a great day played celebration by cool in the gang (laughs) had alex hobson on the show great show and unfortunately in today's circumstance a couple days after halloween yeah you're right a 10 game stretch of horrendous inconsistent play i like uh by the toronto maple leafs brings us here i can't recall who said it it was on one of the game broadcasts there today but he called it summer hockey yeah i thought that was a, a, a very good um description of what i was seeing I would I, I would tend to agree with that because what I what I've seen thus far has been nothing short of uninspiring. There hasn't been any sort of like visual motivation. Like I don't see anyone out there that's really motivated outside of the Jets game. Well, they they look like it's <clears throat> summer hockey or the preseason or the first. Uh, 10 games of the season, I guess. I guess. And I know that that, I know that generally it's early. Like I've got a lot of buddies of mine and even non buddies of mine that are (laughs) sending me, you know, quotes and things on Facebook and whatever. And you know, there's only 10 games in the season. Look, relax, look at Pittsburgh, 
look at Colorado, look at St. Louis. All mm-hmm. their starts are terrible, and I'm like, cup winner, cup winner, multiple cup winner. They get they get the uh, the benefit of the doubt a little better than a little than, than uh, Leaf fans are willing to give. Dude, I was already on them game like six. I want to say six or seven. Like that might have been the Jets game. So don't quote me on that, but. It was only a handful of games in, and I was already like, what in the fuck? There's two things that are really sad here, that they have like players this good, and they're playing this poorly, and they have players this good, and the team has become unliked. Am I, am I fair in saying that? I don't know. I think that might be slightly harsh. Like, what do you mean? Like, Can you, you elaborate? Do you think we're, we're back into like pre-Shanahan days of like, yeah, these guys are bums. We don't believe in them. No. Type territory. I mean, I think it's I think it's inching closer and closer to that. Like do you think that that uh group of people is growing right now? Yeah. It always is. You always see the stories like, "Well, I've been watching since 72 and you know, I'm fed up with this group." Well, here's what I think is um, here's what I think is happening. And I could be way off here, but this is just this is how like I, I kind of use the podcast as a means to which explain how I feel about this team to the dozens of people that tune in to the show. <laughs> and I'm kidding. Our numbers are actually better than that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. However, <clears throat> what I think is happening is this team, this franchise, not this exact iteration of the team. Well, kind of. But this franchise overall has over time developed the told you so fans. We talk about them a lot. Right. We talk about them a lot. That you now, feel like they're actually cheering against the team yes. just so that they can told, told be you right. so. Yes. So here's the two factors to this. Number one record. number one, I think that the told you so fans are often quiet when things are going well, of right. course. And then well, you know what's going to happen if we get to game 7. Like dude, are you cheering for the team or not? And before you got in here, I just happened to go through our old Facebook post, and I saw the Facebook 12-minute live video. You can find it on our Facebook page. It's you and I sitting on the couch decompressing after the overtime loss, game six. Mm-hmm. And we were both very positive. And I was saying, we're going to win. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to win game seven. And we don't need to di- dial the clock back. Mm-hmm. But you know how our emotions were then. Yeah. And I think what's happened now is I remember telling you that even though they played better and it was Tampa and all that stuff, I – I didn't care because it was just another loss mm-hmm. and one that they had in front of them. Game six, game seven, two cracks, game seven at home. To me, it just it just qualified as another choke job. Less of one, yes, but still a choke job. They couldn't close. And then I say to you and the listeners, okay, that's fucking it. You know, I'm not even going to really listen or watch. I'm not even really – I'm not going to watch. I'll follow. Uh, I have to for the podcast, and I'll do highlights stuff, but I'm not going to come out here 82 times and sit my ass on the couch at 1 a.m. for a fucking Sharks game that you they were. are terrible at. But you did. But here I am, bro. <laughs> you were texting you know? me. I, here I am. I recall you saying exact words, and then last week when I was asleep, I did not watch, I think, a minute of any of those games until Saturday against the Ducks, and you are texting me at... Like eleven thirty at night, like Hall's got trade Hall, dude. Like, dude, it, it, <laughs> I'm but like, it's, I'm glad you're keeping me abreast of what's going on. Live, I'd, I'd wake up like in the middle of the night, four o'clock, like open my phone, like, oh shit, I better check this out. And 
to, you know, dig into the what happened with the games. But I think it's important for I'm me. I'm glad I didn't stay up. For I the hear you, and because, I, I wish I didn't, but yeah. but I am, and I think that because I am, I do selfishly feel in my heart that that, that it, it does qualify me a little bit more to have the emotions that I have. I can't not watch any of the games and then just read Twitter and see the stat line and be like, this guy's got to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I watch, I'm watching every shift and I'm getting more and more and more upset with what I'm seeing. And I'm like, A, why am I this upset? And then, and then it turns me into a told you so fan. <laughs> and I laid money on Philly tonight because of it. Great. Because and I'm sick of it, bro. So many missed opportunities as well with the with the whole gambling thing. I know You're we right. were joking back and forth a few right. times. Like, oh, did you bet on Arizona tonight? It was saw like you know like plus four hundred a couple times. But can you can, there. can you do you think that that is a possibility? Like, do you think that do you think that the team, the franchise, is constantly pumping out "Told You So" fans or converting frustrated fans into "Told You So" fans? Because oh, I, oh, I feel like I'm really close to the "Told You So" fan, and I hate it. But I'm texting in my group chats, and I'm like, "Ooh, fucking back-to-back losses coming this weekend!" And then it happened. <laughs> Personally, you know, and I'm kind of like, "What am I supposed to be like?" Oh, I fucking told you they were going to lose back-to-back times of the weekend. Like, I don't want to be that guy. But they've, they're turning me into that guy. There's nothing exciting about the team. Austin Matthews was supposed to score 72 goals this year. You know what's not exciting? And this probably goes down to a larger assessment of um, what's been wrong with the team this year. But what has been a common theme amongst this team for several years now? It's they have one way of winning. They have one way of playing the game, and they are brutal at adapting when that one way isn't going their way. And it's super frustrating to watch because you know they're done. It's It seems like the games that they're going to lose, it's, oh, it's dead over. obvious. Oh, it's over. It's, it's so not, obvious. It was like that game uh, Saturday night against the Ducks. Oh. They're up 3-1. No way, they're lo- no way they're winning that game. Even when they, uh, Sheldon made that call, which I was a little bit angry about a I'm little like, bit dude I was you're like, winning this, the game I was like this doesn't make any damn sense when he uh time out no with a challenge I, I didn't think that challenge was going through whatsoever that goalie challenge I thought that was a, a Hail Mary like oh, it was the worst it was the worst overturn I ever couldn't in the history I of the couldn't league. believe it, he he got that right <coughs> so I guess credit where credit yeah, but to you there just to just stop to, the bleeding just to but un- I knew they weren't winning that game is my point. I know but just to unpack that a little bit further I thought it was a I thought it was a terrible challenge simply because, in my opinion, there was no way it was coming back. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then I instantly thought, you know what, though? That's why it might come back. Because I watch a lot of hockey out here, and I see a lot of goalie interference calls where I go, oh, that's 100% a goal. And I don't a have goal. a damn clue. That's 100% a goal. And then they go, after further, further review, it is determined that there was incidental contact, and everyone goes, what? And he's like, no goal. And I, I'm, I'm like, what? See? You know, and, and vice versa. So See, I don't even know what it is. I don't, I don't watch hockey my whole life. So that's Nobody why knows, it go. was a fair shot. And I guess they figured, I don't know. I thought because there was four minutes left, and if you got it wrong, the game was basically over. Right. That's why I thought it was a bad call. But who do I know? I don't know, dude. But, like, yeah. And then the timeout. Like, why are we calling a timeout after a goal to make it 3-2? Stopping the bleeding. 
And then they go and score immediately after the timeout. You know what my favorite part about that whole game was? Was Alex Kerfoot throwing his arms in the air when he should have been tapping the puck in the net. That was oh, one of the most yeah. ridiculous things. That should be on like a misplays of all timeless. It's that's so embarrassing. And then he goes out and gets his second penalty shot of the year. And when he lines out, I was like, "There's no way he's scoring this. No. Not it, a damn chance." And of course, he misses the net. Right. I wonder what the uh, conversion rate is on penalty shots in general. There's got to be an overall stat for that. For Kerfoot, probably zero. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I, well, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't think it's very good for the shooter anyway. And I would, I, would, I would love for there to be a decision there. Like, hey, I got a fucking penalty here, and uh, I'm awarding a penalty shot unless, unless the team declines. Can't to take the power play. Yeah, because in all honesty, in a situation— I'd take a power play over him shooting all day. Yeah, but let's look at it a different way, Lesko. Like that, statistically. No, but no, no, no. Let me, let me talk about time, right? So if the penalty shot happens with 2 minutes and 53 seconds left in regulation, mm. I want the power you play— want the Two minutes, two minutes on the power play. Maybe right. we even bury one, but we're basically just making sure that we have possession and it's two minutes where they probably right. ain't scoring. Just reducing the chance. Reducing the chance on. against score. Exactly. Exactly. If he Think misses, about it. If he misses on the penalty shot there, then the no time came off the clock and we didn't score on the power play or penalty shot. I mean, yeah. right. Interesting. But uh, not, you know, not, not to take it like game by game or even player by player. Um, I don't even really know what my lead story is, but I think it I think it revolves around Sheldon. Like I think I'm not I'm not sitting here saying Sheldon has done no wrong. Everybody in the world knows I'm his biggest fucking cheerleader. But like all, uh playing Shalgren two out of three was an interesting fucking choice. Mm-hmm. Now then we found out a little bit later that Samsonov was feeling under the weather. Right. But they didn't tell us that for like almost 48 hours. I know. They said, oh yeah, the plan is to, to start Shulgren. Well, was the plan to start Shulgren or was <laughs> Samsonov fucking sick? Isn't that the best reflection of where we're at right now um, in terms of our ability to follow sports, social media, all that stuff? It's <laughs> that you wouldn't know back in the day. It would be like, well, oh, Buddy didn't show up for the game Saturday, and the reporters after the game like, what happened? Oh, he's been sick for four days. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Now it's like, well, why isn't he at practice? Is he injured? Is he sick? Is it personal reasons? We all, we're all freaking out. We're already, oh, they're going to call this guy up from the A. Like, it's, it's a whole, the Starbucks on Queen Street says he wasn't in yesterday. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a funny thing. I, I, I thought maybe it was to get Shalgren going, like in the hopes that they could get him going. Cause okay, they, fine. they wanted to get through him. What, who do you play? Like Arizona and San Jose or something like that. They thought, Chicago maybe? he thought those were or like a Chicago's. volley at the net. You know, yeah. like, I think that was the idea is like, okay, let's get him a W. Let's. Got something no. going for him here. But no. And then, he, oh, sorry, he played Anaheim. So, yeah, and that one, they fucking had it in the bag. So, I don't know, man. It's, uh, but that's where the, the, a lot of the chatter right now is around Keefe. And I think that's, that's pretty natural. Yeah. But so, okay. That's, th- thank you for bringing Keefe back into the picture here. I don't think that firing Keefe does a goddamn thing. No, it doesn't. And I think it's a cop out for the players and I the organization. I think it is. Anti-productive. Yeah. They're stuck with the group they got all year. I, I'm convinced of that. Unless they're out of the playoffs and I'd say under 500 by December, like I don't think Keith's going anywhere. I don't think any major trades are definitely not happening because they would have happened in the offseason. Um, we could see, we see some minor stuff, and I think the biggest thing revolves around the health of Matt Murray and Jake Muzzin right now. 
that that'll dictate the changes that might happen with this team. I think between now and the trade deadline, um, and I think the hope is probably at some point to reach for potential some depth scoring because right now there's been zero, which is unsurprising considering I think they really downgraded in the offensive potential of the bottom six. Yes, and I, you know Nick Robertson's probably their best hope right now. He's but not even playing tonight. He's not playing right now. So, so. again, back to Keith. Like Keith is making questionable questionable decisions. I agree with that. But the decisions that Keith is making aren't the main contributing factors to why they're losing no. these games. No, because it's not like if they lose tonight. It's not because Nick Robertson isn't playing. No, and if they lose tonight, it's it's not because someone played three C or you know, R3 or R4, like the bottom six, I mean. No one gives a fuck. Well, back to that freaking out aspect of uh, knowing the lines, I think it was the practice lines were announced, or not announced, but, you know, the guys at the rank yeah. were writing them down, tweeting them out to everybody. And somebody, uh, a couple of them had um, Brody and Hall as the first pair. And it was like, <gasps> you know, heads are exploding, right? And it's like, hey, let's be honest here. If you look at those pairs, who's playing the most minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, calm... Down, but that's where we're at right now as a fan base. I, I, it's interesting that we kind of started by analyzing the fan base because that's almost as interesting as a story to me personally as a fan, I guess, than uh, kind of what's going on with the team. Because the big thing too is there's all the speculation right now. What's going on in the dressing room? What's going on? This? We don't know jack shit. Like a lot of this stuff has been taken and run with by commentators in the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I right? hear what you're saying, but but I, I don't know. I, I, I disagree because I, like, I know what you're saying. We don't know shit off the ice behind closed doors. But do you want to know what we do know? That they suck. Yeah. <laughs> okay? so That can be confirmed. And that's public knowledge because they're the ones that go out there and play hockey every night. Mm. I don't give a fuck who's going out to dinner or... Who's having a bad day? This is your job. Yeah. I think this is when uh, you'll see the conflict. Like we saw a little bit. We've seen a bit of conflict between Keith and Marner. Perceived conflict. And then the stick smash the other day. The brief benching. Would he miss a shift? Yeah, once You know, and threw a fit about it. Um, we're going to see a lot, lot of that until the play improves. Because think about it last year. You know, everyone, everything's great. Everyone's laughing, having the best time having a great time at Prockey, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that right now. And you're going to see that the coach is going to be breathing down everyone's necks right now because he expects better. And by all accounts, from everyone I've ever spoke to who's been coached by the guy, tough but fair is the way they describe yeah. him. So this is where we'll see the tough because we're not on pace for a 100-point season right now. Yeah, but now. will we see it, though? Because So he benches Mitch for five seconds. And then just sends him back out there and out with Matthews with the with the instruction go in the game and then of mm -hmm. course Matthews sets Marner up in front for an amazing chance mm -hmm. and Gibson makes the unbelievable glove because he still gives you the best chance to win the game there. Yeah, but that's not the point. I don't think he's teaching lessons in overtime. Well, if Mitch didn't play another shift for the rest of the fucking game, he is. Like, that would have been a significant benching with, like, what, eight or nine oh, yeah. minutes left in regulation? Oh, yeah. You know how it goes, right? You see that anytime anyone gets benched. You see when Nylander gets benched once a month, right? 
Game's close in the end. He's out there. I know, but right. I, I really – I agreed with what Dangle was saying in, in, uh, in his video after the game. Like, you gave in to Marner. Like, once he went down the fucking tunnel, it should have been fucking keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, you can't, you can't be a man on the bench with the boys? You have to go over there and fucking smash a fucking no, and I liked then it. come back. I liked it actually, though. Yeah, I, I know. like that he's mad because I like that no he's one, mad. No one on this this group of guys they seem really passive all the time. And Mitch is probably the most emotional of the bunch, but it's usually like he's you know happy, cheery guy trying to be keep things light, and right? All that stuff. So seeing him get pissed off, I like that. I didn't like that it appeared to be in response to being benched. Because when you're bench, like sit your ass down and like give give your head a shake. See, in my opinion, though, I I my understanding of the Marner freakout was because he was brutal, and like he was like I'm fucking terrible tonight, and he knew it. So what I'm hoping, for the love of God, is that that actually was a significant turning point, perhaps in his career like he's waking up a little bit perhaps in his career Mm -hmm. as in like fuck everyone is right Mm -hmm. everyone is right like and i can shut them up i'm the only one that can shut them up now he says he doesn't listen to it and all that and i get it but he knows what's around he fucking knows i feel like he pays attention like i well he proclaims that he doesn't have any social media or anything well and he probably shouldn't but I, i it's concerning in that i feel like he's more aware like his his answers to the media are kind of funny. You know, Matthew's really straight to the point, eh? Like, yeah. the other day, he's something very brief and brief and succinct, like, yeah, it's on us, starts with us. Yeah. You know, Mitch is like, well, you know, the pressure and the shambles in my brain and yeah, all yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. And it's weird. like, man, you're just, you're just feeding the monster right now. It was like with controversy with Sheldon a few weeks earlier. It was like, she just said too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just... Is it sometimes you gotta give them the Leafs media the old Babcock, right? Nope. Yeah, agreed. Wasn't good enough. Yeah, I thought it was good. Opportunities. I thought it was real good. Right. Real, real basic, good. basic, simple stuff. So, so it's, I, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks. I've been trying to to keep keep calm, but I'm definitely worried. And for the reasons I spoke to earlier, just the the trends, I'm, the repeat trends we've seen. And that one, like I said, that one-dimensional game that they're all in on. That's one thing we can't deny. They're built to play a way, and if the way doesn't go their way, they're fucked. Yeah, I know, but dude, they they had a much, much tighter defensive strategy that they were deploying last regular season and playoffs. That's a great point because that's a huge problem And right it now. was working. It was working. So I'm... I am st- I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that it will come together. Mm-hmm. But I I just I don't see the effort to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's when like- I tell you I sit out here and I watch all these games and all these shifts, I mean I don't mean like people think like uh, you're over exaggerating. I, obviously, I don't mean every player. Every shift, you know, like there are hard shifts. There's great shifts. Guys almost score, but it should, it should always be that way. You should always be going hard. And at this moment in the season, I have seen nothing but guys looking like this. 
looking in, looking to the guy on the left and looking to the guy on the right. Hey, wh- are you gonna do something? Mm-hmm. No one is looking in the fucking mirror. It's and like saying, their power I'm gonna play do sometimes, it. where it's like everyone's waiting for someone else to score. Yes, or do it. Someone else is gonna do it. That's up and down the bench. And I feel like that is a, a that. If there was a visual representation for what that looks like, it's how the Maple Leafs have looked in these first 10 games. It's like just kind of, yeah, it's going to come, boys. And, and okay, that might be good for them for a long-term mindset to be like, okay, we'll figure this out. We'll get going, you know, and we'll flip over to good news. St- some statistics now, I'll, I'll keep this limited, I guess, but... Their shooting percentage right now is horrible. Yes. Right? Austin Matthews' shooting percentage sitting at 6%. Current uh, career, 16% shooter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? So there's your hope for optimism. But on the flip side of that, their underlying numbers, especially on the defensive side of things, really fucking bad right now. And the team defense has been awful. Yes. They've been getting exploited early in the season. They were giving up a ton of odd man rushes. They're giving up the middle of the ice way too easily. And they're simply taking their foot off the gas like we saw in Anaheim. I think that Justin Hall is the worst player in the NHL right now. That's really mean. But don't you think that it's probably accurate? I Do you think that there are worse hockey players in the league than Justin Hall. Here's what I'll say about Hall. Like playing he, regular minutes, not being scratched play, and shit. He plays, like, he plays a role for the team. It's good PK, I but know. But man, there are like, he's the easy whipping boy because there are moments where you're like, what was that? Is this guy, this guy looks like he could be playing beer league right now. This guy's in the NHL. It's, all, it's, it's always one thing. It's like, oh, Hall's having a solid night. And then it's some pizza, right? Or some brutal clearing attempt. You know, just a complete misplay. Uh, the other thing that, that bothers him back there right now, too, is Morgan Riley getting caved five on five, like, constantly. Yeah, now, what, what, that's what's a, going on there? That's a pretty common feature. I know, like, I know he's not Mr. Defense, but holy crap, man. Like, when, when TJ Brody's not there to insulate him, they're using TJ Brody to insulate Hall right now. He gets exposed. And that's, the, that's why TJ Brody's playing with Hall right now is because... He's the, the their most reliable guy. Like night in, night out, Brody and Giordano are so slick out there. If you could give me six of those guys, we'd have the best defense in the NHL. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I would have to agree with you. Um, okay, so I'm just trying to think of like the – it's been a while since – I mean, we could have recorded Monday. I almost texted you to say we should record today because it was very fresh. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Halloween. We couldn't do it anyways. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. It's been a few days. It's been a few days, Mm -hmm. and they didn't play. So it's been kind of like just you crapped in your pants, and now Mm -hmm. you have to sit in it. it. I always hate that when there's a stinker (laughs) and then multiple days off, and you got to sit there and, like, stew about it. I thought you were saying, like, I always hate that. Like, you shit in your pants often, and you sit in it. Okay, Okay. (laughs) but that's what happens. You know, you got to sit on it, and Mm -hmm. and we we That's a long flight back for the boys on uh, from uh, Sunrise. So we were sitting on it, and I've had multiple conversations with, like I said, different people, Leaf fans, of course. Uh, anti-Leaf fans, they're loving it right now, obviously. Um, 
you don't you don't think that it's it's over for the whole core thing and these we believe in the group. No. Like no no no, no as in it's like it's ten games, right? It's not ten games, Lesko. It's seven years and ten games. Right. But I, I still like I know that each season is a new season and everyone starts with a fresh slate, but can you not concede the fact that under normal circumstances, this is a non story. It's ten mm-hmm. games in and they're actually they've been getting points where they don't even maybe All deserve right. it. So so everything's fine because we won the cup last year or six mm-hmm. years ago we even won the cup or maybe we, we lost you know, there's been zero success the entire time that this, that these players have been here and the 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 advice that we got from all the players and the coaching staff let's go before the season during camp all the advice that we got was that this is the season we are coming in hungry we are going to do this camp is very competitive and we can't wait to hit the ground running when the season starts and then it was dud after dud after dud how many how many good games they play this year two Two, Dallas Winnipeg and, and Win- Dallas. No, Winnipeg and Dallas. That game against Winnipeg was my favorite game of the year by far. Well, yeah, but there's 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 beef there. I know, and that, right? that made it fun. Yeah, I know, but that's you can't count on that every night. You can't count on your emotions mm-hmm. being like that every now, night. Now, if you, only the you, whole team could be that emotionally invested yes, game I was just going to say that. Much better I was shape. just going to say that. They, and by they, I mean everyone. Keith, assistant coaches, special teams coaches, goalie coaches, like the whole someone within the organization or a group of people need to find a way to harness the emotional energy that the players have within them. Like they are they are young they are young men, let's go. They, sh- they should be naturally That's the emotional energy part. That's the that's the real caveat there, isn't it? Well, what do you mean? Because we don't see any of that. I know. We don't see any. We haven't ever, we've almost never. That's why I was say harken back to Marner freaking out. I'm like, I'm just happy to see somebody pissed off. Yeah, okay. Because you should be. They should be. But then do something about it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Stop giving it away, man. I'm glad they've got whatever uh, 70 games to to show something. I know, and, know? I, and and I know it's easy to say from your fucking couch, move it or pass it mm-hmm. or shoot it or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, these guys are fucking professionals, and they're making 10 plus mil a year to handle that fucking disc. Mm-hmm. And stop giving it away. They're giving it. They're giving the puck away in the most egregious, egregious circumstances. Well, like bro. La- lazy ass passes. Oh my! What's up uh, in that last game there? The Martin, little backhand pop pass to Martin Owen. Got, no one. Uh, <laughs> Martin got caught flat-footed so many times where he just wasn't skating. You know, it's just lazy, lazy ass hockey at certain points in the game and. It's so frustrating to watch because, one, you know they're capable of way better. But, yeah, I, I would definitely agree that the longer this goes on and the, the more that these particular trends continue, just makes you question everything, right? It does. And I think that I know the joke is funny and everyone likes to do the low-hanging fruit thing. But I, I really – I've had enough of the fire keef noise because if you fire Keefe without making a a change to the the core 
then you're letting the players off the hook again. Well, I don't. I yeah. Okay, I know. I I I I, I kind of have to agree with you there, actually, because like, you know mm-hmm. Babcock could have done it, whatever. And but like I, the to, Babcock to thing go was back stale to it as well. For all, by all accounts, the co- players like the guy. Yes, you know what I mean. Have a po- generally positive relationship with him. Like, I I thought that was interesting. Um, in an article I read recently, they said uh, told a story about Nikita Kucherov giving up a couple pizzas, getting benched, and for longer, <laughs> for longer right. than a shift. But anyway, sure. got benched, went out no tea, and they 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 slipped out a win. Tampa slips out a win. They go out and win the cup that year. Right. So I was just interesting parallel. Not saying anything about it. Not <laughs> okay. just I just thought it was interesting little story to say, here's a example of some uh controversy or whatever between a coach and a player, and then you know, them going out and moving on from it. Because they're fucking professionals at the That's end of the day. That's what I'm saying. This is part of the this is part of the game, it's part of everything. I know we like to Put everything under the microscope and yell and scream about everything and pump everything up. Um, I think it's always going to get overblown, regardless of whether it's a minor thing or it is a major thing. Yes. Um, we we saw it too in uh, what was it when McKinnon there when he fell off the bench that hilarious clip where he's, he's screaming at the coach and oh yeah he goes to like turn around but goes too fast and he falls right backwards off the bench yeah. Yeah, like so. the, the, you like you like to see that that emotion. But in Toronto, that stuff gets it's everywhere, right? It's national friggin' news. Oh, 100 percent. Right? No, no, nobody knows or cares that Clayton Keller got benched for the third. That's period. right. You never know. You know, Mitch Marner misses half a shift, and they're wondering where he is. Okay, he was just putting the getting his blades redone or something like that, you know. But um, all right. The other thing I'm sick of too is uh, I see a lot of like, oh yeah. Only Leaf fans would be this upset after ten games, and that's that's where I'm like, "Hey, pump the brakes, boys!" Like, it's 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 not ten games. Like, all we're seeing right now mm-hmm. is that nothing's changed. Because I think the legitimate criticism, like we said, are things that are very like the similar themes we've seen Common. Year, year over year. Nothing's it's changed. Not, um, it's not uh, it's not just their play recently, and I mean, if anything, this is it's worse because this is a uh, probably one of the worst stretches of games I can recall. In the last several years, that well, for played. this whole core, I would yes, say yeah. outside of pre Babcock firing, mm-hmm. which at that point I am convinced they were purposely trying to get him fired. Yeah, well, they. But that you, was about as lackluster as as I've ever seen a team. So. But you want to know what makes this whole thing way worse? Let's go. And I, I, I don't. I was not as fired up about this whole thing until I saw the Mitchell Marner video of his interview where he said out loud to everyone, well, you know, we started off a lot worse last year, so. Yeah, that was uh, some... Did There's no way a PR guy told him to say that, right? Oh, really, Mitch? You, 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 you did? Because we, sh- we can run the numbers on that. Did you? You're really going to tell a bunch of nerds that? Because you but, know they're it's just, the first thing they're doing is pulling up their phones, going, "Hmm, yeah, let's see." Yeah, All but, right. Well, there's my whole entire article tomorrow. Well, it's exactly what he's I did, feed, though. He's feeding the monster. I said, right? "You know what, man?" I said, "I I think I disagree 
because I don't claim to have the greatest memory in the world. No, nope, but they did but get off to a shit start. Mitch I, did too. We were all I know, over them. I know they did less go, but I remember thinking that they were they could have won the games that they were right. in. And that's the difference this time is that, and Keith said it very well this morning. He said, we're a fortunate to have the points yes. we have. And we didn't have this this point in the season. And we were missing Matthews to start the year last year. What did he miss? The first three or four or something? Something like that, yeah. I know he's not like the end all and the be all, but he's the best player on the goddamn team. So mm-hmm. no Matthews and the strength of the opponents that they lost to last year is very, very different. Oh yeah. And they, th- this they will year will not have an easier stretch of games than what they for had the rest to of the start season. this season. Yeah. Like, Maybe that's I know a good they thing. were it was a long road trip out west, whatever, but that is a much easier road trip than it used to be. But okay. unless I did want to shout this guy out because he's been unbelievable and I've always been a fan. But Eric Carlson is back, baby. Man, Eric Carlson is back. He had a hottie last night. He had the OT winner against the Leafs. He looks unbelievable. Is he going to do some like pesky sends run with the Sharks? Because they're supposed to be chasing Bedard. Like they're supposed to be bottoming well, out. Well, maybe they'll trade him to Ottawa. Oh. Oh, my God. Could you imagine an EK65 deal back to Ottawa? They don't, they don't have the cash. No one does, I guess. He's, he's untradeable. Yeah, but, I mean, if they're, if they're bottoming out for Bedard, then yeah. fucking retain it. Is it. Right now, like today, this season, only considered, is he worth his contract right now? What which is his? Is, is it 8.5? 8, 8. I'll look it up to somewhere that we're correct on it. My but. guess is 8.5, but I, I would say no still. Because you, because as as great as he's playing through you, the first you, you month, you don't figure that stays. I don't know. It's not that I figure that it doesn't. I think it's a risk to assume that it will. Let's go to mm-hmm. say, oh, this is it's great. eleven point five. It's eleven five. <laughs> he's oh. one of the highest played players in the NHL. Wow. Well, then definitely not. <laughs> Your face is fucking hilarious. Just lit up when I saw that because I I thought it was closer to ten, and then when you said that, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm wrong, and. Pulled up and it's eleven and a half. <laughs> it's eleven point five. There, if I'm an Ottawa fan though, that's what I'm. I'm trying to will into existence is a is a reunion. Bring yeah, back. a reunion, and uh, maybe San Jose retains uh, three mil or something like that. Like, well, how many yeah. years? Does if he only have you left? can retain eighty percent. How many years does he have left? Oh, that's another good question. Oh, well, he didn't even look into didn't it. Didn't even look into it that hard. Like what is? Oh, he it like? goes to twenty six, twenty seven, bud. So that's oh, a long term commitment. That is a long term commitment. Okay, not going to happen. Would be pretty cool, though. Would be cool. Would be cool. I might even have to go to some games. That'd be more exciting than going to Leaf games. It probably is right now. Shout out Ottawa for selling out their home opener, too. Yeah, it's wild. Did the building move closer or something? Or No, they didn't have it, to move the building at all. They didn't Apparently, have to, people found where it was. People got to the building. They and got Everyone's there. alive, and yes. everyone made work the next day. I know. It's... <laughs> Nobody had to trunch through a cornfield or anything. Dude, I love I will forever be hard on them for that because mostly because I don't want the building to move. I don't either. And it's just personal Of course, look where obviously. we live. Yeah, it's geographic. And and, and we're gonna have double highway here. The double highway is already at a Renfrew. Yeah, that's right? right. So eventually we'll have double highway. We can go to games, we'll be there in forty six minutes, bro. Now that's a big story too. So right after the story about NHL franchise values comes out. Uh, we see that Ottawa's up, what, 20%, I think it's year over year. Yes. Uh, 600 and some odd million dollars they're worth now. And all of a sudden we find out that they've retained this bank, I guess, to assist them in the sale of the team. Um, probably, what do, you, what do you think that spike is in? Is it just the players they've added, the fact they're spending the cap, or is there actually 
more value to the team now that the ownership has changed. I mean, is that dark? Like, am I am I going offside there? But I don't I don't think so. I think it's a valid point to to be made because I think when you look at it from a business perspective, if you look at how much it's changed, is it really worth six fifty March last year? Well, I don't know, man. I have no idea what the fucking what what a team would sell on for the open market. I'm not a I mean there's it's twenty seventh. I think they were ranked twenty seventh overall in terms of value. So it's not like it's obscene for an NHL team by any means. No, but more specifically to your question, I do think there's merit to it. I do think it's a little morbid and like unfortunate that it is the fact. But when you look at it I guess it, it wouldn't be for sale otherwise. As a businessman, I don't think the relationships were there. Mm-hmm. You know, as evident by Many articles that we read, and like mm-hmm. when there's smoke, there's fire. Okay, and we had mm-hmm. quotes from anonymous employees and stuff well, like people that. People like didn't was, want to do business with. It was them, bad. Right? Yeah, it was so bad. They had a bad reputation. Yeah. So now, assuming it, you know, it, it's sold to a uh, maybe a little bit more of a personable, savvy business like person, man, woman, or corporation, then sure, I do think it's more valuable. I don't know if the the values came out considering. See, uh, like season ticket sales and attendance and stuff like that. Well, I guess that's definitely up. But so oh that, my god, oh my god, for sure it's up. But that's what I'm those trying are to the say. Numbers like, you got to see when you're prospective buyer. Of that's course. right. That's right. So if we did this song and dance six months ago, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. But they made lots of great moves. The team did. Exciting players are mm-hmm. in. Um, the atmosphere seems to be great. I talked to a bunch of people who have gone to a few games already. They say it's awesome, and I would imagine that it would be. That barn is awesome. It's to rocking watch games when it's in. going. Oh my god, sure. it's right, and it's like that Coliseum style yeah. for any of our listeners that haven't been to a game in Ottawa before. I'm telling you, I know it's a joke. It's 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 a weird thing in the middle of nowhere. All that stuff. Don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. Once you go in and you're looking at the at the sheet, there's no such thing as a bad seat. Every seat is incredible, mm-hmm. including the 400 where you stand. Oh yeah, and you're looking at it like a bird's eye view, but it looks awesome from up there. Uh, it, it's yeah. a it's a great barn. I would rather them do some major major upgrades and renovations to the existing one, than move it to further away from me. Because I'll yeah. never go to a game again. Now it sounds like that whole arena situation is going to play a huge role in a potential sale. Um, they're reporting that all uh, there's already a few prospective buyers that have, have emerged, and that's a huge conversation that they're having. Um, that's a big ticket item, right? And obviously going to require some investment from uh, any group that decides that they're in on it. But by all accounts, it sounds as if they're going to keep the team there. And I think a lot of that's going to hinge on on the rink. So I think we're going to see a lot of movement on that front and possibly that expedited to some degree in order to facilitate the team staying, the sale, all that stuff. So... Pretty uh, more excitement in, in uh, the nation's capital for well, sure. If they sell the team, though, like correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you would have a better handle on something like this, this type of topic. Um, by selling the team, would that not at least create a little bit of a kick the can down the road type of thing as far as the new arena is concerned? I don't. Like, think let's get w- the sale done and then we'll move. I don't or- think it will because I think any prospective buyer is going to want to have a step ahead, not file, okay. Right, because it really affects the. I think a the value of the team, and b, um, you know what what you're gonna do. Yeah, right? but yeah, because but do, but do they have to move though? I mean, we're talking about like. Oh, do they have to move? Yeah, that's. What I, I think that 
Why would and you spend you, all that money? I think any buyer is going to be sold on the idea of moving. They will be sold on the idea is, of moving? Yeah. The, why, like that, though? Because I think that's part of the package at this point. I but, think but, it's, but why? I think that's what's interesting to them, right? They want... They, they've already done the, the business case for moving the rink, right? So that projects them to make them more money. Yeah, but what's you know the what business mean? case for moving the rink based on? It's based on all these Eugene years of fucking trading yeah, people away yeah, and yeah. not paying any fucking players. Yeah, you could might you have a point Could there. you imagine if they paid players and they were competitive and they were making the playoffs mm-hmm. and that building was fucking rocking? Mm-hmm. Do you think we're really talking about LeBreton Flats right now? Mm-hmm. 18500 every night? It's an interesting point. Because and they can get eighteen thousand five hundred every night. So why the fuck would you spend six hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. on a state of the art facility with eye scanning and smartphone? I know it's cool, but it, why would you spend all that money mm-hmm. if you can pump them in there hand over fist? Yeah, I, I guess it goes back or it, it, what they've done there. Much like what happened with Arizona, is that it goes against the conventional logic of an arena. You put it downtown in a business area where there's it does all, where you create a night out sort of thing whereas your night out to go into the game in Ottawa especially if you and the boys want to have a few beers is a couple of bus rides and maybe an LRT but still <laughs> you're not you're not asking questions that I care about if I own the team I don't own downtown no but you want I to don't know own, where the people are but right? do I they're coming if they're coming mm-hmm. if they're coming to my games I don't give a fuck about pub 101 True. or the 24-hour diner on see, Market maybe, Street. I see, don't maybe care. Maybe you have somebody who's cheap or doesn't want to put up the money, and they're like, yeah, I'll make this work. Make it work where it is? Yeah. Yeah, see, I just – I, I wish they I try could and be get a f- it at a discount for that reason because I'm sure that prospective buyers are being sold on like, hey, we're kind of like halfway here on this arena deal. Uh, looks like it's going to go through. All you got to do is pick it up and spend the money. Right. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, because you want to make that money. It's part of the sales pitch. I don't know. I'm just kind of I'm just kind of playing the other angle mm-hmm. and just to talk about it because it's just y- you can clearly see that the the fans will go. The fans the problem the fans is you got to do go. business with the federal government and that is not easy. Like the hoops that they have to jump through to get a rink downtown, the NCC, like all this it is there's so many layers of bureaucracy to go through. So compared to being in any other market where you're not dealing with you know all these massive layers of bureaucracy. You're more just buying a piece of land and yeah, developing true. it. That's hard enough. Yeah. But you throw in the federal government, you throw in the city, you throw in the NCC. It's just, it's just piles and piles of crap to deal with. Yeah, lots. And of I can blocks. see why. I can see exactly why Melnick could never get it done because I'm surely he did not have the patience for any of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, we need an environmental study. He's probably just like you know flipping them off. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh, by the way, I, I breezed right past it. I wanted to take the opportunity when I was talking about um, driving to Ottawa on the double highway. I, I had an epiphany recently. Do you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? When, when I say, like, when the passing lane starts and it only lasts for a little while, right. um, people will kind of get out in the, in the passing lane. And then the person who's in the right lane, they were driving 95 and then when the passing lane starts, they drive 110. Oh, those guys. And then, and then they are, that is the scum of humanity. Those are people who stop and let people out when they shouldn't. That's sure. the same. But like, yeah. And then, so now, now I could have passed you doing 105, but now you're making me do 120. So to get past you. 
and then as soon as the passing lane's over, you go back to 95. Back down, yeah. All right? But I recently saw a problem with the other way. The person pulls out to pass, and they're only doing like two kilometers more. Right. Than so they're the, taking forever. They're technically passing, mm -hmm. but it's taking forever. Trying not to speed while they pass. Right. And I've realized, I think what happens here is when the two-lane begins, the people who click and go into the left lane to pass they're not on the same team as everyone else everyone else understands like this is a passing lane we got to give her yeah we we give her short we give her short and then sometimes i even hit the brakes when i come back in because i the point is to like really get going pass a few people there oh there's a transport i gotta get past that transport and then i yeah. go in and then i'm back down to my thing. cruising speed but those people get in the lane and they just they just pretend like it's a four lane highway and I'm in the fast lane and whenever someone comes up behind me, oh hey, sorry, let me get over. Like that's not the goal here. The goal is to quickly get past everybody. Like it was a total I fucking must have went on a rant to Kirstie as I was driving to Ottawa. And it was just I don't know. It is definitely the worst. Like that that shit drives me crazy. It's not even about being bad drivers. It's not like, oh, you're the worst driver ever. No, it's but just I think like, there's something about like instinctually, like everyone speeds up, so you speed up. Yeah, it's weird. I think that's what it is. It's weird. The road gets wider, and yeah. when the road gets wider, you, you feel, feel like you're safer. going slower. You're going. You yeah. also feel like you're going a little slower, so you're like, well, everyone's passing me. I might as well speed up a little bit. Like, man, just just pick your speed and drive safely, and let people around you. It's not that we're all we're all supposed to be on the same team here, are we not? I hate driving on that highway. Well, until Renfrew, because once you hit once you hit Renfrew, about what 30, 35 minutes away, you get the double lanes. Yeah, it's now. also one of the most boring drives ever, too. <laughs> I don't find it terrible. Puts me to sleep. I'd rather go this way than the other way. What north? Yeah. Oh no, way nicer drive. See, I, and that's because you <laughs> spent all your time going that way. Yeah. And I spent all my time going this way, like when we went to school. It's not just a straight line. There's some hills in there. Yeah, uh, fair some enough. Nice views. Fair enough. Um, let's fire it up the Phil Castle chat because oh, man, I've been looking Phil. forward to this. Uh, Phil, of course, broke the NHL's Ironman record of all records for Phil Castle to break. That's the one. If you would have told me 10 years ago <laughs> that Phil Castle would break the Ironman record, I would have laughed in your face. Dude, it's so wild. 990 consecutive games. He'll end up playing a thousand games soon consecutively. It's absolutely incredible. It's funny. Do you remember when he played his first game with the Maple Leafs and we're all fired up because he had like shoulder surgery or something in the off season. So he didn't start the year with the Maple Leafs. He finally come, comes and out and he got crushed. And he got crushed by <laughs> Matthias Olin. He, he was dialing it up too. He was doing some crossovers, just corralled the puck, ready to take off. And he got filled Stood in. Stood up. I was, man, I thought, he was, I thought he was going off right there. And I, I think he like left the ice, came back. So, like, right there, he almost, first game back, he almost uh, stumbled, I guess, right. at the gate of this streak, so to speak. Right. He, um, he's, he's an anomaly. Like, he's got to be an anomaly. I mean, it's no, it's no joke that there's a minimal workout schedule. Mm -hmm. The diet is probably not the best. Not Louis Domingue, not yeah. the best. Uh, Not good, eh? Phil? But but he it's he is a nice guy that tries hard and loves the game. I think that's what is uh, that's what appears in his Twitter bio. Mm -hmm. I think, and it's funny because it's true. And he seems to be, by all accounts, the greatest teammate, 
you see all these videos about Phil and people are always kind of having fun at Phil's expense. He's a little bit awkward, but he's a nice fucking guy. And I, he'll go down as one of my all-time favorites. And I'm glad that he wore the, the leaf for as long as he did. Uh, I thought he was a great player while he was with us. I, I remember specifically, let's go really, really like, Phil always got the benefit of the doubt with me. Oh, and for I, sure. I don't really know why. Well, he scored enough that you're like, I don't care what this guy yeah, does. Yeah, do whatever you want. You didn't care about the stories about like, oh, he's lazy or he dogs it in practice. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. care. Feed him. He just, he does what we need him to do. Feed him. The and butt. at the time as well, the Leafs didn't have any scores. No. So yeah, I just, I would been eating up all these different Phil Castle stories that have been going around, uh, different articles. And a lot of them are interviews with, Players that he's played with over the years, at Morgan Lott, Riley, JVR, to name a couple. Yeah, and one of the a couple of my favorites was one. They said he was one of his teammates on Team USA in, on, in the Olympics in Sochi. He said he walks into Phil's room, looks over, and he's just lying in bed with a mountain of candy beside him, like a bunch of wrappers. And he's like, he had like a bag, just was like it? one whole bag of stuff that he brought from home. So it's not even like what he bought over there, acquired. Or well, he anything. knows what he can't might, might be I able guess, to get it. Yeah, and what, I think I read that too. Wasn't it Sour Patch Kids? Yeah, he said they they love mucking Sour Patch Kids all the time. <laughs> Sour Patch. The kids. other one too was like uh, I think it was Riley or something was like yeah. Apparently he doesn't like the taste of water. He's like I don't get it. I don't understand it. But he's like when I played with them and they only played together for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But he said Phil only drank Coca Cola and during intermissions too. Yeah. How do you function as a pro athlete? I can't all gassed up on coke. I, don't, I can't. I, maybe what, I think that's maybe mind blowing. Maybe it was when he went to Arizona. I think, um, and they and they were saying that there was no Coca Cola like in the dressing room. There wasn't like a Coca Cola machine in the dressing room, and he was like, "I'll quit. Fuck this." <laughs> Like I'll I'll quit. I just I just saw that on Spit and Chicken. Yeah, the they other said day. something about uh, in Pittsburgh them taking it away. Basically. Oh, it was in Pittsburgh. They were, then? Supp- they were supplying it, and they took it away from like I guess the buffet of items that they get. Yeah, yeah. And then he started bitching about it, and they're like, "Oh, you got to bring your own if you want it." Basically, because they I guess the coach at the time wanted to get the sugary drinks and the bad food out of the room. Right, so. right. Um, listen, I uh, I clipped a few Castle. Uh, Quotes. Do you want me to oh, play them? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, kinda... I can't believe we've gone this long in the show <laughs> okay. and you had quotes. Yeah, yeah, I got some quotes. I don't really know how to do this live time. I think I'll be okay. I'll figure it out. Let's see. If you it know, works. hang out, watch games. You know, watch TV, play video games, go to dinner, come home, watch a little more TV, and go to bed. Like, other than that, we don't do shit. <laughs> That's our fault. <laughs> where, where, where's Bozy? Yeah. He didn't get you here on time, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Randy. Good one. We go to dinner a lot. Do you ever cook? Uh, no, we never cook. <laughs> I don't think we've ever cooked a meal at our house <laughs> in three years now. Well, there's been suggestions with the new organization. You're a difficult guy to coach. Is, is there any to that? Uh, I don't think so. You know, that's a weird question for you to ask. So, on a day like that, um, <laughs> you know, your coach. You're the best player on the team, and if the coach is fired. <laughs> you think it's my fault? Is that what you're saying? saying you're, is that what you're saying? saying that you're difficult to coach. Is that what you're saying? I'm okay. asking a question. Are you difficult to coach? Do you think? I don't think so. Okay. I play. Hey. Thanks, Bill. This guy's such an idiot here. <laughs> He's always been like this. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Thanks, guys. Stuff. Yeah. 
How many bad articles have you? I don't see any of these other guys disrespecting the players like you are. Yeah. You know, I've never seen someone disrespect players in this organization. Not me. But you did have a power play session with him with Bell, did you not? No, that is not true. One of you are alive. What? We talked about the power play. No, he sat down and did film with you, did you not? We didn't have film, so if you want to believe me or not, I don't really care what you say. So <laughs> <laughs> that one with Simmons, that one with Simmons at the end is the fucking best, man. It literally sounds like he's on the stand, and Simmons is a lawyer. Like, and you told her that you would be back for her, did you not? Or what? You know what I mean? And he's like, what? What? Like, what are you talking about? And then he just gets totally fed up with it. And 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 did you hear how his uh, he 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 had gum. He had gum in, and he was like, "Oh, well, whatever." I don't really give a fuck. Really. Yeah. And, his, and, he, and he had the gum. He was playing with the gum at the front. Like it was in, in that moment. Oh he was God. in that moment. He was just like, "Fuck this." I'm that not, I'm uh, done. the extended clip of him calling Fast Chuck an idiot. I've never heard like that full clip that you played there. That was great. Oh, Fast Chuck chased after him. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did not catch that part. I, oh, you always hear the soundbite, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. guy's such an idiot, yeah. like, which is the best part, obviously. Well, then another reporter they, says, I didn't realize Thanks. there was such a, a back and forth there where he's like, what are you saying? Like, and it's funny because the is reporters are so wrapped up in trying to get this like story or yeah, whatever. Get the like, clicks, get, their get line, the views, yeah. Whatever. And Phil's just like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> just go ahead. You know, I'll say whatever. And he's not going to. It's not gonna phase him or anything. Know, you know what I mean? His the like the attitude in his voice already. He was like, "We did not do film or video. <laughs> we did not do video. You know? Well, well, either you're lying or he's lying. What? <laughs> like he doesn't say like part of me or what's that? He goes what? Like he just doesn't give a rat's ass. And it's oh, the best. My God. He's the best man. And you know, people get milestone like career memorative moments, trophies, awards, sticks for like for playing in 1,000 career NHL games. And he's about to do it in a row. 1,000 straight. Right? Like earlier on in the show's existence, let's go, didn't existence, didn't we spend some time every, every when a guy hit 1,000 games and we would, we would quickly be like, hey, by the way, this guy. Playing his thousandth game tonight. There might I have been a couple shoutouts. I remember a couple shoutouts for for a thousand uh, career games, and it's like it's a moment. And then like to to fathom that he is doing it consecutively. Knock on wood, because he's not quite there yet. But I mean, we're we're avoiding injury. That's what everybody talks about. But we're also avoiding, you know, getting sick. Mm-hmm. He never had the flu or a cold or anything. We're also or anything he couldn't play through, I guess. Sure, but we're also talking about not getting suspended. And this mm-hmm. is a guy that likes to swing his stick around every mm-hmm. now and then. Uh, it was uh, two cups in that run, led the Penguins in scoring, I believe, in one of them. So there's a lot that went on in this span of time for him. And it's pretty interesting to hear some of those clips from back in Toronto because it goes back to the whole he doesn't want to be the guy or he just is he isn't that guy, right? right? But at Toronto at the time, he was the superstar stud, you know, other than Fanuf eating all the heat and that's what all, I feel like all Fanuf did when he was here is he just oh, went yeah. was a just getting beat over the head with microphones every day having to answer for all those that era's failings. Well, and one of the videos I saw of Phil, and I was thinking about clipping it, but it was too long. 
he was attacking a reporter and kind of all of them about how disrespectful and embarrassing it is at how they treat Dion. Right. Specifically. And I, I didn't really remember that until I saw the video and I was like, Oh, I remember this. Mm -hmm. Like Dion was getting hammered in the media and Phil went to the media and fucking finger pointed, blasted them and said, you guys are all fucking, you should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. I think there's something wild. That's probably a good reason as to why he lasted that long. And simply because him not giving a shit is it, it works to his advantage, right? That's why he probably loved and thrived playing in Toronto was that that shit didn't phase him. It's like true. he said, are you right where you are? I don't care. Like, yeah, if you, it doesn't bother care. me anyway. It's not going to not gonna lose any sleep of it. And it's reminiscent of some of the quotes we got from William Nylander, not just now or, or yesterday or today, I think it was, but recent. Uh, I think in the last couple of years, there always seems to be one or two where his, like, I don't know, aloof, demeanor comes comes to the surface yeah yeah i think today was uh somebody said what do you think the general mood is in the city right now after the losing streak he's like oh, i took my dogs out for a walk and met some fans everything was pretty positive yeah that's all he said like he just some guys just don't they don't bite at all and yeah. it, maybe it's because they're simple maybe it's because they don't give a crap but i admire it because i guess you and i as very talkative people Probably, probably wouldn't react the same way in some of those situations. Oh, for sure, and I, we we have no way of really knowing. You can't you can't pretend to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I was him, I wouldn't. I would do this and I would do that. Sure, you would, mm-hmm. bud. You know, um, but maybe it's a it's got to be a certain level of ice in your veins. You know, right. just being able to put things uh, aside and, and and do your thing. And and Nylander is a good example because I I I, I kind of have a similar relationship with with Willie that I had with Phil. Cause like I said, Phil always got the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. but I remember, you know, I, I'd kind of be like, come on, Phil. Like, yeah, you like- give him the benefit of doubt. And I think the thing is they, they let it, that he leaves something to be desired because, and I, and I couldn't imagine how frustrating that is as a coach, because you're like, well, maybe if he just trained a little harder, maybe if he just skated a little harder, maybe yeah. if he do what I tell him, he would be w- way better. But he is what now, he is. Had, he is what he is, and he's fantastic for it. Right. You know, he's not going to be Crosby. No, no. He's not going to be, you know, yeah. he, he's not going to be defensive player of the year. But you could be saying all these things and talking about William yeah. Nylander right now. I think, he I think is those, what he is, right? He is what he is, exactly. And I think there is a frustration always because you see the super skill and you're like, wow, if you can round this player's game out, they would be unstoppable. But, and maybe this breed of player is dying because everyone wants the well-rounded machine. It's like you probably have a hard time making it through junior hockey if, you, if you're if you not like up on your nutrition and you're not working out and showing enthusiasm in the gym. Like you have to be stupidly naturally talented like Phil Kessel is by all accounts. Yes. To slide on by through all those levels without somebody like, you know, fuck this guy. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he's not putting the effort in, but then he gets out on the ice and he's, one of the best players. I think it was Claude Julien was telling a story where he said back when he was a rookie, we were all pissed off calling him, uh, saying he was using a peewee stick because he was using a high flex. Stick. Yes, and super he, high flex. Think about yeah. this. This is the late 2000s where high flex sticks, other than a, uh, like an intermediate stick, you could hardly find them. Right, and he's using like 60, 65, 75 flex yeah, sticks. Yeah, I think it was seventy five. And they flex, said all yeah. year they were all over him trying to get him to change sticks. Even Char, like all the other guys in the team, and he's just like, "Nah, screw you guys! Like I don't care." And if, you know, 
Never happened. Never, Never happened. switched his stick. Didn't matter. He still sniped mad goals. Like right? he could score off a snapshot from 49 feet mm-hmm. on an angle. And make it look very casual. Yeah, and then he would do that. He he was uh, really famous for that, the the inside skate stop. Like he would score and then he'd put his arm up and then he would do like the, the shh and like stop on the inside skate and then kind of hug. Like there was very – very little reaction, eh? When he when he used to bury, he'd love to get that one the one arm in the air, but like he he never had any uh, super emotional celebrations. Phil, whenever no, he not really. Well, never got that excited seemingly about anything, other than when he was pissed off. Right, like you see him giving it to guys on the or bench being threatened and, by John Scott. Yeah, yeah. When he started <laughs> taking the golf swings there at uh, John Scott skates, which is. <laughs> Uh, probably one of my other all-time on-ice Phil moment, favorite Phil Kessel moments was when he <laughs> when he started swinging at him, and that was the uh, beginning of the end of Clarkson. That's right. Leaf. That's 20, right. Twenty games in a suspension. preseason game. Twenty of all, game of all times. But a twenty gamer. I remember thinking that that's a little bit ridiculous. It was very harsh. Yeah. So um, big uh, tip of the cap to fill the thrill. Absolutely. I, and I hope he's one of those guys who just like somehow manages to keep playing like into his 40s. Because I feel like he's the kind of guy, too, that he's well liked enough that if he's willing to play, people keep him around. Well, he's still contributing for like, you know, for, tell me if I'm wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know he had a bit of a down year last year in, in Arizona. They're horrible, obviously, and it seemed that it wasn't a great fit because I think. He wants to play competitive hockey. I think that's important to him. So him playing in Vegas is a really good fit because he can just be a guy along for the ride, much like he was in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Because yeah. in Arizona, Supporting cast. he's not going to be, you know, like I said, good teammate, but he's not going to be Mr. Role Model, that typical role model guy you want for the young lads, right? Yeah, he plays... Um Right wing on the third line with Brett Howden and Mike Amadio. And he's on power play two. And he plays between 12 and 15 minutes per game. So I might have to take back my comment that he contributes. Because <laughs> he's, not, he's not necessarily contributing. Uh, he First has power play or one, second, though? One goal, one apple, second power play. Yeah. So, I wonder. I wonder if it's all just catching up to him at this yeah, point. Yeah, but then that's fine. You know what I mean? Like he 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 made through his career as an well, offensive player in the he's game. He's in the twilight, such as like he's not he's not chasing anything anymore. No, of course right? not. No, he's 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 done it all. He's got all his cookies. He's got his cups. Yeah, he's got this record now, and it's just a matter of uh, I would say at this point, trying to. Uh, I think now that he holds this record, I would say the moment that he plays his 1,000th consecutive NHL game, he's on the hot seat to, like, you're either in the lineup or you're not, right. or you're scratched. Right. You're so, either in or you're scratched, Phil. Like, bring me something to the table because right. if you're not able to keep up, then I'm going to have to scratch you. And that's interesting because there was stories, too, where they were saying that some teams were not interested in Yandel at the time and Kessel because of that reason. They'd have to play They them. didn't want to have to go through the, well, I guess we just got to play him for funsies sort of thing because yeah. he's we, nobody wants to deal with the controversy like we saw down in Florida of trying to interrupt an Ironman streak. Right, right. Well, I mean, hey, if Babcock was there, 
That's you, the best way to ruin an Iron Man streak right there. Here's a weird Scratched. random question. What do you think Phil would do once he retires from hockey? Because by all accounts, he's one of those like top-to-bottom hockey-obsessed, eats, sleeps, and breathes it. That's his thing. Dude. But apparently he's good at a lot of other sports. I you see him like throwing his hat in like pro golf or something like that. No, I could see him throwing his hat into pro video gaming. Okay. Or poker. Apparently he's a big poker player too. Say online whatever. Online yeah. poker stars and then, you know, stream. He could stream uh, NHL if that's the He wouldn't game. want to do that though because he doesn't like that stuff, right? What are you talking about? He doesn't like the spotlight. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you meant video games. I was going to say he mo- he said multiple times in those clips that he loves video oh, no, games. Yeah. yeah, you're right, though. Um, yeah. yeah, he doesn't like the camera on him and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just I could see him fading away into nothing. Like and, you never hear from him. Yeah, you never again. hear from him ever he's again. Got, he's got children now, so he's, he's definitely – Life, I guess his life's changed significantly in the last couple of years. Yeah, so. remember it was it was just a few episodes ago, which of course is forever ago because we don't record as much as as often as we do, um, which I think actually is a good thing because it lets things manifest a little bit. <laughs> Let, it probably wasn't the greatest thing. It takes to, age worse. <laughs> we can't refresh the takes as much. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, yeah, Phil Castle, an absolute beauty. Might have to. Uh, might have to name my kid Castle. That would be bold. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's better than Marner. You know what? You talk to Kirsty about it. Report back to the show next time, and we'll discuss how that conversation goes. I will. And you know what? We actually have those conversations quite often lately. Okay. So, how many leaf names are you suggesting out of like out of ten? Leafs related names. Well, some time ago, I suggested Marner <laughs> as a first name. Yeah. Which, when you think about Mitch Marner, you're like, oh, you know. But if you just like uh, eliminate Mitch Marner from existence, and the name Marner is different and not terrible, I thought it wasn't terrible. And she was like, it actually isn't terrible. And I was like, okay. You can't trump the association that exists. I know you can't. It's true. Um, Yeah, well, I guess that's the only one. I feel like there was another one. I thought there might have been another one. Anyway, I'm not that obsessed with the team that I have to name. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not that obsessed with the team that I have to name name my kid. They win some cops it's just that one I'll of, consider it's it. It's just one of those things where it's like, hey, that's an interesting name that isn't Right. Brad, Josh, Adam, Steve. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it, it's generic white guy. Name. Sure, but it's a it's an interesting name. Oh, the other oh, dude, the other one that I really like is Miko. Ah, because Miko is uh, Michael in Finnish, mm-hmm. and she's Finnish. Like her ah, family is immediately so Finnish. There you go. So I thought that was a really cool marriage there, and like Miko Coleman sounds kind of neat. It does sound kind of cool. Yeah, but she doesn't like it. Ah, really? So anyway, point of the story, Lesko is. We got to pick one soon, man, because it's coming April 2023. Well, there you go. You're on it. You Are you announcing that here for I'm everybody? announcing for everybody. Well, there you go. Let's go. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Wow. Cheers to you, my friend. Yes. That <laughs> is <like> excellent <laughs> news. Thanks, buddy. I look at your face and you're kind of just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, pick a name for your kid. Okay, let's move on to the next topic. And then I'm like, yeah, it's coming. This is a very b- serious discussion. It's we're coming. Having. April 2023. And then you're like, yep. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, I'll come back. I'll come back at you with some other leaf-inspired names, I guess, for next time we chat. 
Yeah, and I will actually have that conversation with Kiersey. What, 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 Kessel? Yeah, give that a shot. Run that at the flagpole and report back to us. Would Phil count? Like, what if I name my kid Phil after Phil Kessel? Would does that count, or are we specifically talking about the name Kessel? I think it'd be funny for when they get old enough for you to explain that to them, and then show them like one of those gnarly pictures of him where he looks like. A bag of milk? Yeah, where he, and it's like, you've seen it, right? Where with the half salad gone. Oh, yeah. All, like, scruffed out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, this is so I named you after. Right. Something. But, okay, so answer the question. So the conversation has to be with Kirsty specifically about, about uh, Kessel, like yes. the name Kessel. Yeah, try Phil after because see how well it goes after. Okay, I'll ask her about Cause she Are you going to suggest it without telling her what the inspo is? No. No, I'm going to say, babe... Because she knows all about Phil Castle. Okay. Like, and, and she actually says he, he's the best, eh? And I, he is the best. Look at this guy. And it's kind of like a cult following. He's kind of garnered a bit of a cult oh, yeah. following. It's, it's extremely by, popular. Extremely popular by no design of his own. He's basically a meme, right? Yeah, he's a living yeah. meme. Yes. And he embraces it, and that's why everybody loves him. So she actually is a big fan of Kessel. So I am interested to just say, because lately, now that the baby is on the way, yeah. lately what, what we have both been doing is saying, what about this or whatever? Um, and we kind of just nix it or whatever. So I'm going to say, babe, what about Kessel? <laughs> Kessel Coleman. Let's Ooh. go. You know, it's different. We'll see. We will report back. But yes, going to be a dad. There you go. Dad gonna be Coleman. a dad, but it's gonna be awesome. Excellent! I can't well, wait. Very happy to hear that. That's unbelievable news. So yeah, thanks, super buddy. excited for you guys. So we better fucking hurry up and finish the inside there. Nursery, yeah. nursery, and spare bedroom need to happen instantly, and yeah. they will. They will actually. Um, not that anybody cares, but Kirstie's brother's coming up for three weeks, starting uh, work for middle you. November. Yeah, he's we we lucked out. He's switching jobs. You gotta jam the rest of this out because you've been at this for a couple of years now. Yeah, so. but I mean, well, we've mostly been doing outside outside work, and then right. we gutted all the inside. So yeah. the inside, the lucky thing there is the inside is fully like ready for someone to come and 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 do it. And- Put a baby in there. Yeah, sure. But instead of like, oh, that's the worst part for a lot of those contractors. Like, right. Fuck, you got to get out there and demo everything and move it all out of there. So you like, got it halfway there. Yeah, we're halfway there. Nice. It's just building it up now. So pretty exciting. That basically means that by the end of the calendar year, we will have the like most of the upstairs like done, which is super exciting because it was kind of one of those things that without a baby on the way and no real deadline. No motivation to finish the job. Yeah, eh? yeah kind of. Yeah. I hear you on that. And money, though, because you go, well, we can't do it now because we don't have any money. Right. I mean, we don't. it's not that we don't have any money. It's that we you don't, don't really, want to spend We don't want to spend it right yeah. now on that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, my ba- entire life. baby on the way. And then we go, oh, okay. So All right, like, well. Well, priorities, right? Yeah, pulling the trigger. Yeah, so I guess I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to it, man. I think, I don't know. I, a lot of dads probably said this already. Oh, I remember saying that, like being all excited. I'm legitimately excited. Well, you should like, be. That's- for, for all the late late nights and early middle of the night wake ups and stuff like I don't know maybe I'm built differently and maybe I'm wrong maybe when it happens I'll be like this is the fucking worst I, I just <laughs> I don't know I don't think it's gonna be that way though I we feel like you sleep like four hours a night anyway sure I mean well Kiersey's worried she's because she's like oh you're such a heavy sleeper and you sleep through everything I was like I sleep through things that don't matter you know <laughs> well Gus getting up and saying I have yeah, to go yeah. to the bathroom I don't give a fuck yeah he's not gonna pee on the floor you can't but, sleep through people. but you you give in to him 
Right. And then you go let him out, and then he pees outside. I, I, I bet you $100 he will not pee on the floor because it's 4 in the morning. <laughs> We're going to be up in like three hours anyways. Just go back to bed. So anyway, when the baby comes, I, like, I think when, when it's, you know, the, the, the monitor's going off, we have to do this. I'm probably going to be fucking like, let's go. I can't wait to go in there and see my fucking kid. <laughs> hey, man, what's up? Or a little baby girl, what's going on? Like, yes, there I'm really go. pumped, man. I can't awesome. wait. That's really exciting, man. Congratulations. I, thanks. I got the go-ahead to give it on the podcast. Oh, that's cause, good. Because we, our, our, we did our appointments and our, our sonograms did and all the things ultrasound, you whatever the fuck they are. It's great. It, everything is hunky-dory, so pretty exciting. And like, she's even starting to show a little bit, and it's, oh, actually, it's actually kind of fun. You know, I've, never, I've been around pregnant women, of right. course, but is it ever different when it is – when it is yours, it's, it is it's yours. I know it's just so different. Like I'm like, oh, look, you're at- invested. Yeah. You actually care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you know, if you see my like my sisters went through pregnancies, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I would see them be like, oh man, like you, know, you look great. Like everyone looks healthy, and like they're they get you know obviously yeah, yeah. as we know, women get big when they're pregnant. Like, but it's it's you're an outsider. And now I'm on the inside, uh, on the other side of the fence. It's I don't know. I find it totally different. It's like super exciting. Ah, that's amazing. Right on, buddy. Well, well I don't think we top that. That's well, the, the biggest big- news of the show. That's <laughs> the biggest <laughs> news of the show. Fucking put a bow on this one. Well, I kind of I just wanted to like slip it in there uh, randomly. You did a good job. You know? That was, was, that was well presented. That's why we're pregnant too, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, well. <laughs> but I didn't want to necessarily throw the show off the rails entirely. So, um, like, did, did you have anything else for me? No, I got nothing. I think we... Are we, are we done? I think we're good. Are we like, done yelling about the Leafs? Like, I feel like we very, covered uh, it. Yeah, well, I think we covered just about everything in that initial discussion, which was funny because that wasn't the plan. It wasn't the plan. But we, yet, it, we managed to get out, I think, all the points that we had brewing, and it's, it's that there's a lot to say, and we're getting impatient. It's probably the easiest way to sum it up. So... What I want to ask you, have you been, I know you, you said you stay off Facebook for the most part, but have you seen my uh, parade off, parade on? Uh, yes, I have been enjoying that. So Is I've, that going for 82? Well, my last one after Sunday was that it's off forever. Oh, uh, I, and I saw one that said definitely off, and then it was off forever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, yeah, they lost four in a row. I think I skipped the first loss because I had a show for the band or whatever. And then I went, parade is off, parade is definitely off, and then parade is off forever. Like, <laughs> so now that, I've, now that I've proclaimed that it's off forever, mm-hmm. I don't care if the Leafs win 10 nothing tonight. I'm not posting anything. And like, people have been messaging me being like, I can't wait for your next <laughs> parade uh, comment. And I said, it's not coming. And they said, oh, yeah, of course, after the Leafs win one. I said, no. They said, okay, well, whatever. They'll go on a bit of a run here, and then you'll post. And I said, the problem is, is that – I'm not going to say that it's back on because there's no way on this earth that they can do anything now that will show me that that won't happen again. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't a joke to begin with. This 10-game stretch. It's not like we said it was on because we actually, you know what I mean? No, 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 but what I kind of meant by it was it's a like, gag. What I, it is a gag, but it, it, it's only half a gag because when I say it's on, I'm saying like things are good, like the team is playing well. I have confidence in this team. And then when it's off, 
I just I don't really know what I'm watching and I don't like what I'm seeing. So when I looked at my timeline, if you go and check out my timeline and you just kind of scroll down, it's like it's off. It's on. Yeah. It's on. Nick Robertson confirmed that it's on like when he scored the yeah, yeah. you know. It's it, it, it's funny to see it and then I'm thinking about the games that I've been watching and and making these posts and it's like I just don't have I don't think they can earn my trust back. Like even if they won 10 games consecutively and they dominated their opponents and they were just the best team in the NHL for the whole month of November. You wouldn't post once parade on. I don't think so though, bro, because what they're telling me you, what they're telling me, Lesko, is that at any moment they might just not play. They yeah, might, like from a night to night basis. They might just not play. <laughs> like so, that's that's pretty much what where the expectations are right now. And I think what's frustrating is doesn't matter what the expectations are or how good they are on paper. You're like, oh yeah, well, they're a hundred point team. It's, you know, everyone said without a doubt going the season, but still, you still had that little bit in you where you're like, I don't know what I'm getting night tonight with these guys. Well, when the season began, and I had already told you I'm not going to watch any games. There I was watching them all. It and feels like they could shit the bet any at any point. Any point. And still. Still, I think the, uh, seven years later. The losing to the brutal teams really reinforced that. Oh, Like, man. losing to Montreal, losing to Arizona. San Jose. And, like, not just like, oh, you got goalie. The Ducks. Or, oh, things didn't go your way. It's like, no, you just got outworked. Yes. So Like, easily, though. Not even just a little bit. Like Well, with very minimal pushback. Like, their team brought their A game, which I have conceded that teams play their best hockey against the sure looks that way or either that or they're doing a good job of making it look like that. Well, I'm sure it's a combination of both, but you have to give credit where it's due. Yeah. For teams do bring their good stuff. When, when the Leafs play them, the fact that the Leafs can't respond with their good stuff is very alarming. And even though it's only been 10 games, they have already proven to me very, very quickly that I can't count on it. I can't, I can't, count on it so if they, they got 72 games to figure it out so. no i know they do right but like i just do you think if they got another 115 points and literally like mirrored their bounce back no, from you last wouldn't year feel any differently i won't feel any same, yeah that's what i'm trying to say name you still have the same mindset because it's not just 10 games like you said it's long time in the making where you're like like i said legitimately don't know what you're getting night in, night out. A lot of times in those games where they lost to what we'll call inferior opponents. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like fully ready for it. It's not like I was like, oh my God, they lost to what? Arizona. What? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, Nick Richie's yeah. Of course. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just <laughs> just the way she goes. And maybe that's a really warped shitty fucked up mindset to be in but then that's just uh that's what they did to us that's that's being a leaf fan baby (laughs) that's what they did to you prepare for the worst so when it happens you get a little chuckle out of it and don't have a mental breakdown do you have bets tonight no i saved it right till the end of the show to talk about bets because we recently got a new follower uh from twitter he was angry about how everything is sponsored by bets. Mm. Now your podcast is, it is sponsored by bets. And I, I tweeted, I said, hey, our podcast isn't sponsored by anything. There you go. 
come and have it. Come and have a listen. There are no corporate overlords telling so us then they what did. we can and can't say. They followed me. They said they said followed. I'll check it out. Now, I haven't done any gambling this year, but like I said, missed opportunities. I'm betting against the Leafs. Here, I'll tell you. What, I got so, I got some for tonight. I'm gonna tell you what I got. I have one point for each. Matthews, Hayes, Tuck, and Gensel. Okay. I have Philadelphia Flyers covering the spread tonight. I have under six in the Leafs and Flyers game and under five and a half in the Sabres and Penguins game. And I have the Leafs to cover the spread and the Penguins to also cover the spread. So I hedged my bet on both teams, but... That, I, do, uh, I have money on Philly. Penguins ruined Barnburner last night. The I know, and Latang gets like nothing. Absolutely wild. All right, folks. Episode 101 is a wrap. Hug your loved ones tightly as you watch the Leafs tonight. Win or loss tonight, let's go quickly. Win or loss, let's go. Ah, W. Go, let's go, baby!